Iowa everywhere. This is Iowa Everywhere. And now, it's time for Two Guys Named Chris. Powered by Fairway Meat and Grocery. This is Iowa Everywhere. For the fans. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris here on Monday, the 28th of November. One of the most jam-packed shows that we've ever had with so much going on in the world of sports. My name is Chris Williams, joined as always by Chris Hassel. How are you, brother? I'm I'm all right. Your internet connection looks about as bad as you this morning. Really? You're all choppy. Yeah. I I, I know you just got back. <laughs> what a whirlwind you've had, man. Just yeah. so give me a I second went, i'll be right went, back okay, you, okay i'll be right back and i'm gonna reconnect okay? so here's the deal with williams he was out in portland calling the iowa state men's basketball games on the radio on the cyclone radio network they had a game last night at nine central as most of you know he called that flew back <laughs> did not sleep at all on the flight he has not slept since I guess what it would be Saturday night. So um, I was really interested to see what he would be like today. And uh, here so I am, far, baby. I'm no here. good. Oh, but he's back. He's back. Am I good now? I, yes, you look a lot better. You okay. look a lot better. Good, yeah, I good, was just uh, filling the people in on on what you did last night. And I, I will say this: I I'm went here. to bed before your game even started <laughs> and i woke up an hour ago that's incredible yeah and here's what's funny because i i was actually going to text you when we landed which was like uh probably like 4 40 central time and but i was like no i didn't really want to wake you up you know, cause I was I was thinking about you that way. So what happens is when when we fly out. So it was the Iowa State men and women on the same charter, so a bigger plane. So you fly out of Des Moines. Well, everybody buses from Ames to Des Moines. Okay, and so I I had to drive from Bondurant to Ames and then bus down to Des Moines. And then when we land, you bus from. Des Moines to Ames and then drive back. So it's couldn't just you a, just drive yourself to the Des Moines airport when you before you left? It can, but it's it's more difficult because of like packing equipment and there's it's just honestly easier for everybody if you all go down together and and get everything together. Yeah, so, yeah they'd be giving you the stink eye if you did that all. Yeah, the time. it's like, well, who the hell is this guy? He's a fill in. He can't even ride the team <laughs> bus with us, right? So. We're here. I'm good. I will probably get this podcast posted and then uh, take a little take a little nap after that. All right. I would you hope so. Start. I'm going to plug into the – I have no idea what's going on with my Wi-Fi. <laughs> you get everybody going here. I will be okay. right back. I will be right back. I promise. Okay. So I, I knew this was going to be interesting this morning. I didn't know it would be this interesting with Chris. I mean, I, I wouldn't be able to do it. I think if I was in his position, I would have just rescheduled the time that we do the podcast because I don't, I do not work on less than six hours of sleep. If I can't get at least six hours, I'm, I'm no good. 
And most nights I get at least eight. Sunday nights I get the most sleep. Sunday night is like my reset night. I'll start falling asleep at like 7, 8 p.m. And then I'll sleep until 8 in the morning. He's back. Yeah, I plugged in. I don't know what's okay, going good. on. I, I plugged in. I, I, I literally like, so I got home and I woke up my kids. I got my kids ready for school, took them to school. And I got here and turned on my computer with four minutes to spare. So here we are. <laughs> I'm just. Uh, I'm impressed that you've made it. I'm ready. You. You seem like you're functioning. Oh, I'm. I will. I'm. I'm running on pure adrenaline right now. But it's no. I'm. I'm ready to go. Um, where do we start? Well, first of all, we thank Fairway, our our sponsor, of course, for um, bringing us two guys named Chris. And um, I mean, there's a million places we can go. The Black Friday uh, debacle in Iowa City. The Black Saturday debacle in Fort Worth. Um, I guess we'll uh, start with Iowa because that game, they were relevant, right? Iowa State's game wasn't relevant. Well, yeah, not to Iowa State. It was relevant to TCU and the rest of the country, but right. Uh, Iowa was more relevant to the fans. Um, that was so unexpected. Yeah. And looking back on it, I wonder if we should have expected something more like this. I mean, Nebraska always gives Iowa fits, even when Iowa is a double-digit favorite, even when you expect Iowa to win the game. All these years that Iowa has won, and that's what they've always done. They have been always able to win this game, but they've had fits with Nebraska, and they've fallen behind multiple scores to Nebraska, like they did last season. But this was just an epic meltdown where nothing worked. And even the defense gave up, you know, the, the huge play over the top. And yes, there were injuries to key players. And whether or not you consider Petrus one of them, that's, that's up to you. But losing Cooper to Gene was monstrous. The, the fact is the game was going the wrong way before those injuries. And they just dug themselves too deep of a hole. Yeah, I'm a little disappointed in myself with my analysis before this game when I said that I thought Nebraska or that Iowa would kill them. Uh, really a dumb statement for a guy who's watched every snap of every Iowa game this year. <laughs> you know, it really is because when you're that who have they killed? They, they well, really haven't killed anybody. Yeah, and I'll give Mickey Joseph and that Nebraska team a lot of credit too because you knew Matt Rule was getting the job at this. That was why, honestly, I was so confident in Iowa because they had everything to play for and Nebraska really had nothing to play for other than pure pride. Mm-hmm. And props to them because they came out there and 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 hit you guys in the mouth. Um, but again, like I, I'm, I'm, I was disappointed. In, I, I was kind of just thinking to myself, that was some of the worst analysis you've given ever going into a game. Just due to the fact that, I mean, I it's not like Iowa's offense had been better the last month, but not that much. <laughs> Right, like that—that that yeah. was still not going to probably change in this one. So the fact that I thought that they would win it by a couple of touchdowns seems really stupid in hindsight. How about the fact that we thought Iowa State 
was going to have a chance in the fourth quarter against TCU. Uh, that was bad, too. We'll get to that in a little bit. But with Iowa, um, I, I, th- I think that game would have been different if Petrus had played the whole way. I don't think it would have gotten – I don't think they would have dug themselves that deep of a hole. And I think that Petrus feels more comfortable out there than Padilla and the coaching staff clearly feels more comfortable with Petrus out there. I just – like with Padilla, it was – Every time you thought he was going to be able to make a play with his legs, he would just run sideways. Like it, it was almost like the coaching staff said, "You can run as much as you want. Yeah, just don't you dare cross that line of scrimmage. You can run east and west all day and night, but you are not <laughs> going to try to pick up yards." And it was maddening to watch because then Nebraska knows, okay, he's not gonna he's not gonna hurt us with his legs. He might buy some time, but he's not gonna take off and run. He's not gonna pick up a first down. And there were so many times where he had the opportunity to do that, including the last gasp effort, that last play where he could have easily taken off and gotten a first down and and more. And he didn't do it. I loved your um, <laughs> I loved your tweet in the middle. You're like, does Padilla even take snaps during practice? <laughs> well, it, it's the second, yeah, second game crazy. he's been in this year. It's crazy. And it's crazy. He can't take snaps. And he there was another one that he fumbled. Dejean the, the, being this, out of the, that game mattered a lot too. Was yes. I mean, you said key that players. Was that was massive. Huge. He's he means so much. Oh to that defense and that team and and special teams and it, it, it might have been different without the injuries but hey like I said Nebraska came to play and that game was going the wrong way before those injuries happened and I, I Nebraska was the better team that day so we're gonna have to have, we're gonna have to have the same conversation with Iowa State and we will but a really newsy weekend in the Big Ten West mm-hmm. as Matt Rule gets the Nebraska job. I, I'm pretty familiar with him. We can talk about that in the next week or so. Uh, and then this one kind of came out of nowhere to me. I don't know if you – were you hearing anything about Luke Fickle in no. Wisconsin leading no. up to that? Mm-mm. That's kind of how they generally happen, though, like in a deal like that. Like, boom, we saw it with Lincoln Riley last year. We saw it with Brian Kelly last year where there's not a lot of, you know, foreshadowing of what's to come. But it does – If you, you look at it now, and if you're Iowa, and, and, I, and I think I could probably make a similar argument to Matt Campbell in Iowa State, although it's just different because they just haven't been there as long. And this is really Matt's first sign of adversity – since he's been at Iowa State, so it is a different scenario. But you're looking at Iowa's direct competition, trophy games, and, man, the fickle hire is a grand slam. He's going to kill it there. Um, Rule is a little bit more – Nebraska's just like – we we all thought Scott Frost was a home run, and, and look at how that turned out. I like Rule there, though, because he's not – he's not a – he's a substance guy. And what I mean by that is his teams aren't playing any crazy stuff. Like it's he's very fundamentally. Do you remember the disaster Baylor was when he took yep. over that program? 
Nebraska's nothing compared to cleaning up that Art Bryles mess like he had to do. So right. I, I I really think both of these are great hires, and I, I think Trev Albert went the right direction. You could have even you could have tried Lane Kiffin, you could have tried shiny toys, that type of thing. At the end of the day, they just need a really good coach who can get them back to not just respectability, but playing a style that will actually work there and whatnot. I I think it was a tough to I, I i'll put it this way i think the big Ten's going to get a lot of hot harder for iowa big 10 west isn't going to be around much longer mm-hmm. and um when it is the, it it just got better i think we'll see how these coaches turn out but i don't know why anybody would think luke fickle wouldn't be able to win at wisconsin if he gets cincinnati to a playoff um and now you're gonna have to play a more balanced schedule going forward in the next few years. So I, it, it's evolved time for Kirk Ferentz. It's, it has to be done now. There, there has to be change right now. This is the breaking point. I mean, if, if you just don't do anything, if you stand pat now, you're going to get lapped because of what's happening around you. Uh, Matt Rule has shown two different places he can rebuild in college football. I mean, the guy won at Temple. And one yeah. big at Temple. Turned the Baylor fiasco completely around. And Luke Fickle, I mean, he seems like a guy that if if Ohio State was going to get rid of Ryan Day because he can't beat Michigan, Luke Fickle would seem like the guy that they would want to replace him. So, I mean, th- this is one of the best coaches in college football and it's neighboring states. And now you're welcoming in USC and UCLA. USC might be in the playoff this year. Lincoln Riley has that thing yeah. coming. Chip Kelly's over at UCLA having his best season. That and you just you're not going to be able to just rely on playing those Big Ten teams that you traditionally beat up on every right. November. Right? Yeah, you you might not play <laughs> Northwestern and and Illinois and Minnesota and Nebraska every year, and you're not like just put into that little grouping where these coaches feel like they're only competing against one another, where it's fine to have a completely inept offense and a great defense, and you can win games in November against your division. It's not going to be like that anymore. So it's rubber has to meet the road now. Uh, I, I don't I don't know what Kirk Ferentz is going to do. I think that you have to make multiple changes with the offense I mean it's not just one thing it's not just oh let's reassign Brian to an offensive line coach and get a new offensive coordinator in here it's we have to totally reevaluate what we're doing offensively what we're doing with the offensive line like where did that go so wrong Mm -hmm. and what the hell are we doing with our quarterback development it might start at recruiting. It might not. You might be recruiting the right guys. You just might not be coaching them and developing them or putting them in the best positions or calling the right plays or, or having the right framework on offense for these guys because it's a disaster. Whether it was Petrus or Padilla in that game, Padilla was not good. Padilla was not good at all. It, it, and I don't know what Labus could be. I, I have no clue. But... There are just so many things wrong with the offense, and the offensive line is the most head-scratching because that's Kirk Ferentz's bread and butter. He was an offensive line coach when Iowa hired him, an offensive line coach in the NFL, 
That was his thing. They've never had a bad offensive line. Usually their offensive lines are among the best in the country. And this is two straight years where the offensive line has been terrible. Mm -hmm. So a bunch of changes have to be made. It's not just one or two. Do you think... Do you think they'll do it before the bowl game? Do you, or, or do you think that this Kirk will wait until January to do all this stuff? I, I don't think anything will happen before the bowl game, do you? I know that, uh, I don't know. I know that some teams do uh, because Just curious. of the transfer window and all that stuff, well, the transfer portal opening. And the signing day thing's early now, so that, that kind of changes But do everything. you really see Kirk Ferentz doing that? No. No. But I, Okay, so let's get to Iowa State here. Really not a lot to analyze from that TCU game other than that was the worst game of the of the Campbell era. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had the two pick sixes. Um, the, that was maybe the worst special teams effort. I mean, the two missed field goals. You had punts. You had snaps going over the punter's head. You had um, just just really, really, really bad. Uh, I, I I tweeted this out in the second half where it's just like with special teams you just you always take it for granted until it's bad, you know. Like nobody ever. Well, that's noticed. what you want out of your special teams. Yeah, you exactly. Want nobody to notice them. But like every week with Iowa State, it's like, well, you know, it can't get worse. <laughs> and then somehow, like it was, it was really, 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 really piss poor um, on on Saturday. I, I think with, with it's a different scenario. It's a different conversation than Iowa because Kirk Ferentz has been there for, what, 20 years? And he's had peaks and valleys before, and he's been able to dig himself out of there. This is Matt Campbell's first time ever really finding himself in a valley. So I think there's a nature for – like, and, I, and I've thought about this – and, and I'm of the opinion that the offense is, was, is, was so bad and the special teams have been so bad that you need to, I don't know about drastic changes, but you definitely need to make some changes and just reevaluate some things. And I think that he will. Um, I, here's why I don't think it was terrible to get beat 62 to 14, Chris, is because I think, let's say Iowa State loses that game by three, Okay. Say Iowa State wins that game, even. It's really just putting a mask on, uh, or it's putting a Band-Aid on the, the greater problem that we've, what we saw time and time again this season. They lost the same games the same way. Didn't matter who they were playing. I think for a guy like Matt Campbell, all these football coaches are stubborn, right? They all are. I've never met a football coach that isn't. Um, when you get beat that badly, and you see how, like, Iowa State beat TCU. Iowa State killed TCU in the final game of last year. And look, look at it now. They're in the playoff, and uh, they just beat you 62-14. to 14. So it's a good thing because, wow, turnarounds like this are possible in college football. It's a bad thing because you're kind of looking in the mirror and going, what in the hell happened? Um, I just wonder if a beatdown of that proportion makes it easier for Matt Campbell to make any sort of staff decisions or whatever way he's going to go because man that's like a yeah that's that glass of cold water getting dumped on when you when you don't expect it because i don't think anybody i mean the iowa state was one of the like sharpest plays uh by (laughs) professional betters going into this weekend nobody expected that level of a beatdown 
You see where I'm going with this? I, yeah. I'm not, I'm not glad they lost like that, but I, I'm just putting myself in Campbell's shoes. Maybe I was on the, on the ledge about a certain decision I was going to make or two. Man, maybe that pushes him over. And again, Iowa State season mirroring Iowa season, it's kind of the same thing. If Iowa wins that game and goes to the Big Ten championship game, there's, it's, le- it's less likely that you're going to get any changes when changes need to be made. And, and maybe for the overall good of the program, uh, that will end up being a positive in the long run. Nobody's rooting against their own team. Maybe one or two people out there. But nobody in their right mind is really rooting against their own team in these situations. But it could, down the road, be better for the team. With, with Iowa State, I mean, that game... They were the first team to make TCU look like a legit playoff team, like a no-doubt-about-it playoff team. Nobody else made TCU look like that. And all the talk that Matt Campbell has had over the years about culture, and this season in particular about improvement and being the best version of yourselves, this was by far the worst version of an Iowa State team in the Matt Campbell era. Yeah, I mean, especially if you wipe out year one, because that's kind of a pass for yep. for and they they, for showed, they did show improvement at the end of the season that year. Yeah, they absolutely did. And so, and the, this too, another parallel to Iowa. Like when you're looking at Iowa State and how do you have to have success, you have to be able to develop guys. Well, you got a bunch of veterans on your offensive line, and that's the worst offensive line they've had here. Right, so they're clearly. Either your scheme is terrible, and like this is hard. Offensive line stuff's hard for idiots like me because all I know is, oh, they're giving up a lot of sacks and they can't run the football. So clearly something's wrong, but I'm not smart enough to look at a left guard's first step and to tell you if it's the scheme or if the, if the player sucks. That's why we have Ben Bruns. His podcast yesterday was phenomenal. If you're an Iowa State fan and you want that insight, you should go and uh, really check it out. I always learn something when he does that. Um, but th- that's where it starts for me. It, it it was telling to me that when Rocco Beck came in the game because Hunter Deckers got hurt, you know he he looked pretty fresh there at the beginning, but he had very similar problems uh, that that Hunter Deckers was coming. I do think that he was potentially, um, I, I do think that he was potentially a little ignorant to the fact that he hadn't seen. You know, he hadn't been chased around the field like Hunter had all year. He not seeing ghosts, that type of a deal. But um, I don't think that the quarterback was necessarily the problem. Um, they've got to get better up front, and they've got to find a way to here, – here's what I – here's where I'm kind of torn, Chris, because I don't want them – like. I don't want them to go back to what they were trying to do in the Rhodes era. Jesus. What's happening over there? I'm, this is a guy who hasn't slept in over 24 hours, okay? Um, is my mic okay now? You can just tell people what you've been putting in the chat. Is, does it well, sound you were, okay you were real hot, and that, now you're real low. You TV people are so... <laughs> um, I don't even know where I was saying. Oh, Oh, I know where I was. 
So do you remember at the end of the Rhodes era and Campbell comes in and they're obsessed with being able to run the football. We're going to be the Northern option in the Big 12 conference, right? Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't realistic to expect to be running, you know, spreads and stuff like your, your brothers down in Texas and be getting those kind of athletes. So what I'm seeing now is, oh, Iowa State can't run the football. And these fans are saying, well, just throw it downfield constantly. I don't necessarily think that's the answer either. They've got to find a way to develop these linemen better. And maybe that's a scheme thing. I I, I don't know what the answer is, but I do think that we all should kind of give Campbell the benefit of doubt here that he's going to make the right move considering what he's done leading up to this. And if he doesn't, then we persecute him next year, right? Like this is a pinnacle moment in Matt Campbell's career. The crapper get off the pot. This is a, this is a critical moment. Most coaches go through this in their development. We talked about the time frame with Kirk Ferentz. Gary Pinkle went through something similar at Missouri, looking at programs that are a lot like Iowa State. And the changes that he makes or does not make, and sometimes standing pat works. Now, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case because they un- they've they underperformed offensively for a while, and clearly special teams have always been very poor there. Sometimes guys sit still and their staff is able to figure it out. But all I'm saying is leading up to it, you look at the next five years of Matt Campbell and Iowa State football, this is critical. What you're about to see in the next two weeks is absolutely critical. The one thing that absolutely 110% has to happen this offseason is he has to hire a special teams coach. It has to happen. Well, they got that guy. The, the guy from the Rams. <laughs> yeah, Rams are having a good season. Hey, if it doesn't happen... He's going to start losing fans instantly by not making that. That's the one thing. If you wanted to, even if you're just doing it for optics, like Uh, pretend you're hiring a guy full time, that's going to win some fans over. I think too, they got to, and I don't know what it is. If it's moving people around, if it, I think that they have to do some a few moves on offense. I don't know if it's Tom Manning. I have no idea. But they they were so poor at times this year, not at times for most of the year really. That like to me, it just as far as the offensive line goes, it's the same conversation every year. Like so, there's got to be some sort of a change. And I don't even know if that's like the O-line coach. If you move, I, I don't know what it is, but you're right on special teams. And especially when you want to play the way Iowa State wants to play, you can't win playing that, being that poor on special teams. How about, uh, can we get one of our own, one of our Iowa Everywhere hosts, Ben Bruns, in on the coaching staff, co- coaching some offensive linemen? Maybe he could just be an analyst for the team, like he's an analyst for us. I don't know what the answer. Maybe let Sage come and do the quarterbacks. How about that? Yeah, Maybe. right. And all come Iowa on. everywhere. Uh, uh, yeah, coaching staff over there. Um, I don't know what Bloom could do? Bloom can get his ass in gear and go buy a kicker from the FCS. That's there what he go. can do. Yeah, use some of that NIL money, Bloom. Come on. You know what I would do? This sounds crazy to some. Do you know how many FCS guys get drafted every year? 
all the time. Yeah. Go out and find like the three or four best FCS linemen that you can buy. Guys that aren't being recruited by the SEC, they play and go find some guys that play in cold weather and say, hey, we'll give you $30,000 a piece. I don't know what the, do- the dollar figure it is, but go out and, and, and go that route. Don't necessarily think, oh, we have uh, – because I'm looking for quick fixes. I want to be back yeah. in a damn bowl game next year, right? Well, like, that's I don't the like- thing. I, I, I think that's where we're at here because I think you could stand pat with a lot of this stuff. And maybe in a couple years it does turn and it, and it goes back around and you build it back up. But we've seen it. Like we saw with TCU. I know they changed coaches, but we, we – are looking for quick fixes here because Iowa State really wasn't that far away this no. season from having a good year. Jesus, you make a couple of kicks and you catch a couple of balls and despite the horrible special teams and the awful offense, you could have seven or eight wins despite all of that. That's why I'm so freaking frustrated, dude. Like That's why the drops were killing me because it's like, God, like that. those are our best players. Like Hutchinson, right? Like if he just catches a couple of these easy balls, despite everything we're talking about there, it's seven wins, which would have been a phenomenal season for this program. Think back to where we were in August talking about this team, right? Mm -hmm. So, but, but again, like I still think that's a Band-Aid on the greater problem here that they're not developing offensive linemen. And why is that? And there's people smarter than me that can figure that out. And, I don't know. I I just think Campbell's a stubborn guy. Again, every coach is stubborn, but Campbell wants to win so badly. He's the single most competitive human I've ever been. Man, Otzelberger probably is right there <laughs> as well. Um, but, like, I, I've been told that Matt is highly motivated to get this thing turned around. And... It doesn't seem like he's sulking or anything like that. So I I think he's going to make some moves. I don't have any information other than I think that I think something will happen. And, and I'm guessing whatever they do, I think it'll be the opposite of Iowa. I think it'll be in the next few days. They want to get recruiting. They want to hit the transfer portal. They don't have a bowl game to prepare for. And they start their you know free agency or whatever it is. I think that that's the route that Iowa State will be going. Who's the starting quarterback next season? Will it be Hunter Deckers? I mean, from what I've been told, they're not going to go the transfer portal because they really like him. They think that this Rocco Beck, who was a four-star kid, is pretty good. And then they've got one of the top five quarterbacks in the country coming in and J.J. Cole next year. So I think that, yeah, I mean, I think if you had to put money on it, right, if our friends at Circus Sports, because we have to do their read, we're handicapping the quarterback race. I think Hunter Deckers would be the favorite, but I also think it'll be an open competition. Like I, Deckers didn't do anything this year to make you go, "Oh, it's his job." Right. Right. You have to open. He that had. Up. He had all the opportunities in the world. He he got to play the whole way, and every week we were just waiting for it to turn and you mentioned it a second ago maybe things would be different if if the great receivers make those big time catches at the end of those two or three games it just didn't happen make a freaking kick i'm not putting it on xavier make a damn kick if you the kansas game the oklahoma state game the texas tech game make a kick 
make the easy kick. And, and, and I'm sorry, Matt. I'm frying the kickers right now. I'm sorry. But it's when you're playing these one-possession games constantly and relying on your defense, if your kicker is shanking 27 yarders, it screws with everything. You can't play the way you want to play if your kicking game is that bad. This That's another reason why it looks like a Paul Rhodes, Gene Chizik kind of team is that the kickers are just Ugh. horrible. Can you tell I've just been tortured by kickers my entire life? <laughs> Going back to Gary Anderson in 1998 with the Vikings, it's just been one kicker after another. I mean, that kid now, and I've, I, he was a good kicker at the start of the year. Until that can't, and now he's just like his confidence just seems afraid. He doesn't even look like the same guy out there. Why the hell is that? You know, I mean, I could tell you why, like clearly because we watched it. But and then they is put it that other the fans fried him, and then they put that other kid in, and he's kicking him off like the side of his foot, <laughs> right? Like so, uh, get somebody off the soccer team. Again, though, like go out and do what you did with Andrew Mevis two years ago. Find the best FCS kicker and be like, hey, do you want to play in the Big 12 and be on national TV? And a lot of these guys don't even need to get paid. Like, I mean, I'm talking to Jaron Holmes, who just knocked off the number one team in the country, comes over from St. Bonaventure. He could have made money, a lot of money elsewhere. But he would have been like the seventh or eighth guy. Or he would have, right? And he he -hmm. came to Iowa State because he's like, well, I know I can – be one of the men here and I, I get opportunities like this and I'm trying to make money long term, not just get a payday right now. Mm-hmm. Like there's an FCS kicker out there somewhere who would like to do a chartered f- instead of riding on a bus for seven hours to get to his game where he, and he can kick on TV like th- th- This stuff is real now. You can give this guy a raise without having to pay him a hundred thousand dollars. You're cracking me up today, man. You're on. You're you're on it. I mean, I I knew it was going to be a little different with you today. I was interested to see how you would be. Your your internet's absolute garbage. <laughs> you're you're you've you're out of your mind. You haven't slept in thirty six hours. Why couldn't you sleep on the plane? A couple reasons. One. So a lot of these like big charter planes are they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them, but they're not. Are, exactly, are you are you going to complain about a charter flight? No, they're not exactly. They're they're older. They're usually like commercial planes is yeah. how it goes. Yeah. So the, like honestly, like I'll just say it. Like it was the most uncomfortable like seat. Like I just couldn't. I could not get really? comfortable. Yeah. It was. And I just like I'm all wired up after this game, right? And I just couldn't sleep. I just couldn't. And I also knew that I had to, when I got back, like the everything in front of me. So I was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to do the show with Chris. And then I will just go to bed afterwards. How long will you be able to sleep for today? A couple hours. That's it? Well, I got to go pick up my kid at two. Oh, my God. She gets out of school. Somebody's got to get her. See, this is why you need a nanny. Why don't you have a live-in nanny? We need Iowa everywhere to take off a little bit, and then perhaps <laughs> perhaps that will be the case someday. You want to do a little hoops? Yes. 
Um, I want you to. I want you to tell me what happened last night because I went to bed before the game started. Yeah. I watched the other games. So UConn just killed them on the glass. I mean, just UConn had these super long. By the way, that team's legit. That is a top five team in the country. Yeah, how bad are the how bad are the preseason rankings with where they had UConn and Purdue and Iowa State for that matter? Yeah, I think Iowa State will be ranked today. Yeah, they should be. I I would guess that they would be. Um, Yeah, they they got killed on the glass. So Iowa State got in bad foul trouble early. They had like three or four guys with two fouls in like the first six minutes of the game. So it screwed up their rotation. They UConn had more offensive rebounds than Iowa State had total rebounds in the game. So that and they shot like four times as many free throws. So that was really the game. I mean you asked what happened, like that's what happened. Yeah, I, I saw that I mean they, they were playing from behind pretty much the whole way and they yeah. got it down to within five with ten minutes to go and then oh. they had one of those patented lulls where they didn't score for five minutes. Here's the thing too, this Iowa State team, a lot of their success will be dictated on how the game is officiated because their entire mindset is that we're gonna go out there and just beat the shit out of you. That's how they want to play. And in the Big 12, a lot of times they're going to let you do that. In tournaments like that, not so much. And we saw that against Nova, too, for a while. Um, there was one half where they called everything. The next half they didn't call every, anything, and Iowa State goes on a run. And that's, that's just kind of who they are. They want to ugly everything up. But still, man, 2-1 and one, uh, with a win over Villanova. Oh, who, great showing. Yeah, I mean, Villanova's not at full strength right now, but they, they'll get guys back, and that'll be a quad one win. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, the talent that North Carolina has. Now, they lost to Alabama, too, but did you see that game, the four overtimes? Four overtimes? Yeah. yeah. Jeez. So, I mean, we all know North Carolina is the most talented team in the country. They will be in the mix to win the national championship. I, I was thrilled. Like, I... I was thrilled. If you lose the Nova game, I was terrified because that freaking Portland team that Jeez, won a game, yeah. like they're actually pretty good. And like what I didn't want was to lose to Nova and then have to go into the loser's bracket and Portland team and get up. That game scared the hell out of me. So you kind of felt like house money going into Carolina, and then you win that game. And one of the great like 10 minutes in, that I've ever seen in Cyclone basketball that Jaron Holmes put together in the second half. And, and what can you say about Caleb Grill going off for 31? It was great. It was a really, really good weekend. And mm-hmm. I think anyone who follows Iowa State basketball, man, like you, you're just kind of wondering who the team was. We talked about that one last week. Like, yeah. who are they? So, so I want to ask you the same question I asked you. I think it was uh, Wednesday, last Wednesday. Who's better? Mm. Iowa or Iowa State? Really good question. Uh, I would probably lean Iowa State now. Mm. Wow, you flip flopped, huh? I probably here's the deal though. They're so different. Like again, like if they go into Carver and it's a tightly called game, advantage Iowa. If you have a guy letting a couple guys letting them play, I how is Iowa going to? respond to Iowa State's physicality, right? And the they call themselves a group of pit bulls is what the guys say. How will Iowa respond to that? Vice versa, um, Fran will throw a bunch of junk zones at them, and how does Iowa State respond to that? I think it's a really even game. I think – let me look it up right, right now. I, I'm actually curious as to what Ken Palm has to say. 
Um, right now, Iowa would be favored by about six. What do you think about that? It's too many points. Uh, it's at, it's in Iowa City. That's that's worth probably three or four. Yeah. I think so Iowa that, should be favored. That seems like a lot. I, I, I do. I do. I think Iowa should be should be favored by probably two or three. Yeah, that, that'd be about based right. on what we've seen. Now, I think Iowa's off to a good start too. I know that a lot of Iowa fans were very disappointed with what they saw in their last game, but TCU's good, man. That's a good yeah, team. and and they 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 won at Seton Hall convincingly. That's that's a good win. And you get a neutral site win against Clemson. I don't know how good Clemson is, but it's an ACC team and it's a neutral site game. It, good. That's a good win. You, you, you tick that one off too. You, I, I did not expect them to be anything more than five and one right now. And that's, that's, what, that's where we sit. So I think both teams are off to really good starts and, and it's going to be a really interesting game in a couple of weeks. One, one thing I'd like to point out. Or is that only, geez, that's only about 10 days away now, huh? Yeah, one thing I'd like to point out that is, I, I was shocked when I discovered this, that two days before the hot game, Iowa is the late game in Madison Square Garden against Duke. Yeah, that's that's a little bit too close to the Iowa State game. It, that is a bad turnaround because you've got to fly back and then you have one day basically to just, you know, heal up. And then you have one of the most physical teams in the country coming in. So that, that would be something that, that would worry me a little bit as an Iowa fan. Cause, but, you know. They're twenty-year-olds. They can recover and be just fine. But that's a bad turnaround. And I'm well, now sure we have I, now we. I've got my built-in excuse then, right? Well, you, well, you know, they were too concerned with Duke. How can you get up for Iowa State after you played Duke? I think they'll get up for them, but like they maybe beat beat up. You know, you just don't know. Yeah. Like that's that's a hard turnaround, even with in a world of charter flights and stuff. It is. You, you usually don't get turnarounds like that unless it's a preseason tournament like Iowa and Iowa State played last week. But when you're doing that, both teams are in the same boat. Iowa's schedule is a freaking grind right now. Because it's great. They, this is how schedules are supposed to be. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really glad that they are challenging themselves now in the non-conference. So they had a war against Clemson, and, and they were able to win that one. TCU, obviously, we know what happened. And by the way, TCU um, right now not looking great record and stuff-wise, but they're a lot like Villanova with a couple of guys out. Like, TCU will be in the mix to win the Big 12. I don't think – I don't uh, Kansas isn't right. I don't know enough about them yet. They're not right. Like, that Big 12 is wide open, I think. Um, I don't know enough about Georgia Tech. I don't think they're very good, but it's still a high major game. But then you have Duke – Iowa State and Wisconsin all in one week for Iowa coming up on the 6th, 8th, and 11th. That is a beast. This marquee. I mean, you could you could say those are the three biggest games of the season. You know, if you just say those three teams are on our schedule, it's the Cyhawk game. Wisconsin, to me anyway, is always the biggest rivalry game in the Big Ten for Iowa basketball. And football, for that matter. And Duke is Duke. Yeah. If Duke's on your schedule, that's number one. And it's all in the same week. Man, 
You're right. That's that's a grind. And I don't know how I feel about these early season Big Ten games. You know, the where they dive in for a couple of games in early December and then they dive back out and they don't come back in until January. I, I don't know how I feel. It's just weird. And it seems like it always works against Iowa with the students. They get these a lot of times they'll have these big games, big opponents coming in and the students are gone. It's it's tough. I get it. Basketball season, there's a lot of breaks. Thanksgiving break, Christmas break, some places you have the J-term break, whatever. It just seems like a lot of these games, and it's not just Iowa, but the students aren't oh. there when they need to be. It, yeah, I mean, Iowa State's going to get that for the second week in a row, or second year in a row. They get Baylor, the defending national champs, at home on New Year's Eve. Oh, mm. That sucks. Yeah, like that, it does. That's just, especially for a place like Hilton, where that's like your one thing. Mm-hmm. Your students are right on top of you, and they're crazy. And it, it absolutely is a factor. I mean, that's that's probably two or three points right there in a game like that. Jeez, I, I feel it right now, Chris. We're like, we've just made that jump into basketball season. <laughs> What's going to be interesting with our show is just all the – football off-season stuff because yes. I just think it's going to be crazy. Like, I mean, I, I'll bet you Iowa State has five to ten guys. Like, as far as, like, guys leaving who aren't going to play or whatever and then bringing in new guys, too. Like in You're talking about it, players? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then on top of it, whatever happens as far as the coaching stuff goes. And who knows with Iowa? I mean, I hope, I hope Ferentz is. Wh- who do you think your quarterback's going to be? All right, we've 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 <laughs> talked about this a bunch. Be, I, I saw some Hawkeye blog. I have no idea. Blaine Gabbert's little brother. What's it? I should know his name. The Miami of Ohio quarterback. I don't know his. I don't know his first name. Okay, well he entered the portal. He, portal. He's an NFL prospect. And one of the Hawkeye blogs was like, oh, he's, go get him, coach. <laughs> and I'm just thinking to myself, why in the hell would that kid go to Iowa? Right. What, what's he going to be able to showcase at Iowa? Like, that would be a stupid career decision for that young man to go there. I think you're going to be in that problem here unless you go out and get a new coordinator and you really are going to. I hope it's not Padilla. I hope it's not Petrus. You could have Padilla or Petrus next year. You have to pick one. Yeah, I have to pick one? Yeah, just for the sake of the game. Okay, I'll pick Padilla just because he does have movement. And I think if, if that's their only option and they give him all the first team reps, maybe they'll let him cross the line of scrimmage on a scramble. Maybe they'll let him take off and run for a first down. Uh, but he's... I don't know. He's just so... I don't know the right word to describe it, but he he doesn't value the football. They need to give I don't him think clubs. as much as Iowa State as, or as Iowa coaches need him to. You you ha- he's just so lackadaisical with the with the ball in his hands, where it just seems like any moment it can squirt on out. Every snap, you just hold your breath. I it, I hope it's somebody that we have not seen take a snap before at at Iowa, who starts next season. But we know Kirk 
he's got to have faith in this guy or else he's not going to put him out there. Like, when have we gone into a season where a guy who has not been on the team or been a backup has taken over as a starter? I can't really think of one. Remember the whole Bethard dragging your feet on that crap a few years yeah. ago? Yeah, and that's the, we, we've seen a lot of instances like that where there should be a guy as a backup who, who should be the starter and it they don't make the move. And then a new guy takes over uh, without really any experience the following year. We've seen that. But that guy that's, t- that's taking over has always been on the roster. He's always been there in waiting as the backup, not as the third or fourth stringer. Mm-hmm. So is Labus in a position? I, I don't think any Iowa fan is going to be excited at all or accept it at all if if Alex Padilla is the incumbent quarterback going into next season because of what the coaching staff has basically told us about him. That was nice of you guys to actually cheer Petrus instead of just booing him like you normally do. Yeah, I cheered him when he came out for senior day. That was nice. Good job, Iowa fans. Yeah, and you had to do that. There, right? loved, Everybody had to. They're they're on a winning streak. Everybody's I'm not making feeling good. Fun you're gonna of him. blow out. You're gonna blow out Nebraska. Everything's gonna be great. You're gonna win the division. And then he looks like he did the first half of the season against Ohio State before the injury. Sailing every ball. It's just oh, this one's in the dirt. <laughs> I, I think it was for both teams a fitting way to end the season because oh yeah, I, Iowa is not a division championship type team this year they had the division championship type defense and special teams but the offense that that they were in my opinion they were not at the level that a team should be to go and play in a conference championship game i was and dying at my buddy chad lystico's tweet it was <laughs> sorry i am really delirious uh, whatever <laughs> Uh, Chad was like, hey, good job, Iowa fans. Way to cheer Petrus on senior day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as opposed to booing him and just being total dicks like he did the rest of the year. Has yeah, that ever happened, though, where a player gets booed coming out for on senior day, like with his family? I don't know that that's ever. I saw it happen at Iowa State one year. No way. Tony Ooh. Elk, the old kicker. No way. But they he, booed him on senior day? He... He had a reputation around town. I'll just put it that way. What do you mean? Well, God, my dog's got a paper sack. (laughs) We'll do the Tony Elk story some other time. Oh, man. It had something to do with, I don't even remember. Uh, But yeah, it wasn't wasn't pleasant. But yeah, the Petrus deal is just funny to me. I, I, I hope he's your quarterback next year. I think it'd be awesome. Apparently, bring him from back. What I've read and he's he can, said that he's not that this is it. But <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> I, what what if Kirk's just like? <laughs> <laughs> what the? I mean, this is this is funnier than I even thought it would be. We need to with, end this show now with Dirt. your horrible internet connection for half the show, <laughs> and your microphone being hot and then too low. <laughs> And your dog 
just making all kinds of noise in the background. Oh, he's so excited to see me. Oh, and here, this is another awesome aspect of this story. So I get home. It's like 6.15 and I'm rolling into town. And I'm like most humans now. You use your garage door as your door. Mm-hmm. Nobody goes in your front door anymore. If you have a garage that's connected to the house, that's the door. Well, my psychotic wife decided to lock. So she, when I'm gone, she gets very paranoid, which I, I understand. But she locked the door that goes from our house into the garage. I got locked out of my house. So I would go around to the backyard. That door's locked. The front door's locked. I don't have a key. It's freezing out. I'm calling her. She's not answering because she's asleep. So finally, oh, I had to God. ring the damn doorbell. Dog oh. wakes up. Elise wakes up. And then she's mad at me. She comes to the door. I've been gone for six days. You'd think I'd get a damn hug. She's glaring at me. You just woke everybody up. And I go, yeah, because I can't get in the house. You locked me out. <laughs> All this on zero sleep. Yeah. <sighs> All right. That's good for now. Let's do uh, Thursday. We'll have really good stuff on college football playoff and those games. And sure, I'm guessing, Chris, I don't know. I'm guessing that we'll have some Iowa State basketball or football news of some sort by then. Is that is that your dog with a paper bag again? Yes. (laughs) Matt Sampson on our comments says Adam Shada got booed on his senior day, which I I can believe that Adam Shada was a he got a lot of heat from Iowa fans. He was a cornerback. I so I, so apparently Iowa and Iowa State have booed players on senior oh, day yeah. before. Tony Elk, man, he got it. He was a kicker. Do you remember him? Yes. Yeah. Wasn't he on the teams that almost won the North? That was Brett Culberson. Well, Culberson I, was there like in 2007. I, actually, yeah, Yelk was on like one of those. I think he was on the 04 team. But when you guys used. It was cut when we used to print all the t shirts. We are the co Big 12 North champions. We're not playing in the game, but we're going to wear the t shirt, damn it. That's kind of how this Iowa season felt. Iowa had this game. All they had to do was beat Nebraska to go to the Big Ten championship game where they would be 20 plus point underdogs. That was kind of the same situation that Iowa State was in those back to back years in a horrible Big 12 North. Yeah. All they had to do was beat a Missouri on the last day of the season when there were 20,000 fans in the stands. It, one more um, of my support for Matt Campbell here, just because people are a little bit nutso after a bad year, and I, I get it. But not enough people talk about like McCarney's success. If you look at those good McCarney years, they never played Texas. They never played Oklahoma. You know, he was feasting on those Big Ten West type schedules. And like Campbell, like, has done this playing Texas, Oklahoma, Baylor in their prime. You know, like, so again, like, I know everybody's frustrated. I am too. I I just, I, what I'm saying is, I kind of distrust the guy. I think he knows, I think he's earned that. Now let's see what happens. He could botch this offseason, right? We have no idea. 
but he's never been in this spot. I'm, I'm really anxious to see what he does as like a CEO of Iowa State football. I hope he's aggressive. I think you have to be in 2022. And as Jeff Texas points out, got to find a way to keep Haycock. Oh, double his salary. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If, if you lose Haycock, I mean, then we're having a whole different conversation. Mm-hmm. Then it gets terrifying. So... So it's All not right. just about it's not just about who you bring in and the pieces you shift around. It's about pieces you keep as well, and and that that might be a tough one to keep. What the, you, do you know something? No, I'm just saying after that kind of year, yeah. If I'm if I'm Haycock, I'm saying peace. If he gets a a decent, you know, what if FAU comes in and wants him to be the I head don't coach? Think. From what I understand, Chris, John has passed up on head coaching jobs the last couple of years. Sure. But is he going to do it again? I think he would be much more willing to take like a high-end D coordinator job. I don't know if he's at the stage of his life where he wants to go and build up an FAU, from what I understand. But I don't know. I have no. I think he's had Mac jobs that he could have taken before, and he he hasn't done. Sure, it, we'll see. I'm sure he has with the the defenses he's he's put. But what if like Lincoln Riley called and was like, "Hey, come out yeah. here and be my defensive coordinator. I'll double your salary." Yeah, how about Luke Fickle over at Wisconsin or Matt Rule over at Nebraska? It's probably yeah. more money. Both those places. Double his salary. Do it now, blindly. Is Bloom going to have to start raising money for the coaches too? Nobody better get us a damn kicker. That's all I care about. <laughs> Bloom, get a damn kicker. Bloom is still just sitting there all full from his French silk pie on Thanksgiving. Boy, that thing took on a life of its own. Holy crap. I was getting like text messages from people like uh, with flashing their French silk pie at me and stuff. Yeah, my dad went out and got a French silk pie for Thanksgiving. Just out of spite? I think so. I don't know why. He sent me a picture of French silk pie. He's never had it before. (laughs) Oh, last thing. Yeah, I was sitting with Vic Miller, the uh, athletic trainer for Iowa State basketball. We were having our Thanksgiving dinner, and I was talking to him about all these damn tweets and stuff from people Sent, flashing their pie at me and he was he was giggling because of our loose meat conversations and he his mom used to call sloppy joes slash loose meat sandwiches slash made rights hamburger crumble yeah so so my dad one of the staple meals that he used to make for me when i was a kid was he would make crumbled up hamburger isn't that just hamburger? <laughs> yes. He would, <laughs> he would. I mean, I've never had like a. I mean, I guess. Take a pound of hamburger, put it in a pan, crumble it up, and put it on a plate. And that would be my dinner. <laughs> Crumbled the, up hamburger. Like no seasoning? No. You, you have salt and pepper there if you wanted to put it on. And then he would just eat plain Lay's potato chips out of a bag as the side. Crumbled I mean, up hamburger. We had that like once a week at my dad's. You're getting a vegetable. <laughs> oh, he just gave us a thumbs up. He's watching on Facebook. Hi, Don. Crumbled up hamburger. So, yeah, that hamburger crumble, I guess, is just crumbled up hamburger on a bun. I'm going to make your dad like Iowa State. This is this is my goal with this show. He won't even call them Iowa State. He calls them Ames. 
and claims he doesn't care about him. I'm going to get him courtside at a basketball game. That might do it because there's no way Iowa's going to do that. <laughs> hey, we want to get Chris Hassel's dad here. <laughs> yeah. Fran, right. can, you, can you hook us up? <laughs> uh, yeah. All right, we have to end this disaster of a show. Yeah, that's, we, we end it as soon as your internet connection gets crisp. I'm sorry. Perfect. Your eyes, you look like you're drunk, high, and tired all at the same time. <laughs> i tell you what, you could get high just walking around the streets of Portland. Holy Oh, really? Man. I've never been there, but I've heard that. Just, yeah, I had out a, west. I, out west is, yeah, it's... I legitimately about assaulted a homeless guy on Saturday. <laughs> All right. I was right, go, go, I walked go, out of I went to the real quick, I went to this little Iowa State alumni game watch thing in Portland. And I left at halftime because I was so Oh, the football game? Yeah, I was so tired okay. of the game. And this homeless guy, he looked you know on Home Alone too. When he gets stuck in Central Park and there's all the homeless people who are coming up to him, like all oh, the googly eyed and all that stuff. Well, this guy runs at me. He like lunges what? at me. Yeah. Oh my god. And he had he had like trash bags taped to his arms and everything. What? What? And to he, keep the rain out? And he asked me for a cigarette, and I said I don't have a cigarette, and I kept walking. <laughs> And then he asked me for a dollar, and I said, no, leave me alone. And he kept walking towards me, and he touched me. Oh, my God. Yeah, and I I immediately just went into defense mode because I thought this guy was like, I thought we were about ready to go. He touched me. Because that, to me, is crossing the line, like the homeless, non-homeless <laughs> deal. <laughs> We've got it. Yeah, we've got a deal, right? We, yeah. Like, you can ask you can, me for money, but you can it, the second just, you touch me, you're crossing yeah. that homeless, non-homeless line, right? <laughs> I'm okay with the homeless guy asking me for a SIG. I'm not okay with him lunging at me and physically touching me. That's scary, man. Yeah. So what, what again, happens? Like, so, he so he touches you, and then you, like, what? You're ready to throw? I go, yeah. Like, I immediately What'd go you into, do? like, so I would just start running. <laughs> I didn't do that. I and then he told me he backed off and yells at me, "I hope you die, bitch." Oh my god. Yeah, it was bad. It was this not This was a like good. a Diamond Dave type thing. <laughs> when Diamond Dave told you to choke on a microphone and die. Yeah. I sent we'll you the to... receipt for that too. Yeah, I, I saw that. Yeah, that was not making that up. He die bitch is so exactly that's what, what I, this guy said. That's what oh, I can't stand about passing people like that on the street. Is I swear every time I'll say, "Oh no, sorry, I don't have any money on me." There's like a comeback that just kills you. Well, enjoy your day, you goddamn son of a bitch. <laughs> There's that's so, the you know, thing like so nice at for hey I, can I have some can I have some money <laughs> and then you say sorry I don't have any cash on me which is mostly true I usually I don't have, have cash. cash on me and then it just well, well I hope you choke on a cock <laughs> <laughs> out there dude I'm not kidding 
And like, I'm, I think you would be just like me. We're pretty similar. Like I'm genuinely sympathetic to these people. Like yes. my old Ross Peterson, like he hates homeless people. He thinks that like 90% of them are faking it and that they're like, I'm very sympathetic to these people and I want to be nice to them. But in Portland, they are everywhere. That's, that's the, so, and I was the same way and I remember one time I was in Chicago with my wife and we were, in, we were downtown. This was probably 15 years ago. And we turn a corner and this homeless guy comes up and he's got like these supplies in his hands and he, he, he goes, Hey brother. And he, he goes to, he starts cleaning my shoe. <laughs> and so I, I don't want, I like, I'm going to like run him over if I keep walking. So I stop, I let him, clean my shoe and then he expects and, wow, payment it's all it's all shiny and then he goes i cleaned the other one for 20 bucks <laughs> so he cleans one shoe it looks totally different from the other shoe now why'd you let him clean it if you didn't want well, to pay because i was gonna like knee him in the face and run him <laughs> over if i kept walking so i had to stop and my wife was like what are you doing you can't stop for the you can't stay you gotta keep walking <laughs> And so I, I had to go the rest of the weekend with these two uneven shoes. One of them was all shiny and beautiful, and the other one was all old and wrinkly. At that point, you just say, okay, I'll give you a dollar. You, you want 20, I'll give you a dollar. Do the other shoe. I, I no, but that's I, I the thing. You, they, your wife's right. They say to keep walking, and this bastard chased me. <laughs> so, the, I mean, the best, the best thing to do is just to try to ignore them. The problem is sometimes you ignore them and then they start throwing out the insults. Yeah. And it makes you feel bad too. Yeah, it like, makes I don't you feel be rude to them. So I, uh, most of the time I will try to pretend like I'm in some kind of conversation, either with the person next to me where we're looking in the opposite direction, talking about things, or I'm on the phone and I just, I, I don't notice you. But then there was a guy uh, last week when I was in Asheville and I'm ignoring all the homeless people, all of them. Yeah. But then there's this guy and he's got this dog sitting next to him. Oh, the dog got to you. It's a pit bull. Beautiful. It's under a blanket and it's shivering. Like it's leg is shaking cause it's cold. Mm -hmm. And so I, I stop and I say, I've got to give this guy money. It could be a scam. I don't care, but he's got a dog. So that's, yeah, if, if you're homeless and you want to get something out of me, if you've got a dog with you, it's probably going to work. All right. We've gone seven minutes over talking about homeless people. <laughs> TB says homeless people and bloom. I see some similarities. Can I have some money? But homeless people need it for themselves. Bloom is selfless. He's taking your money and giving it to the players who really need it. Right. This is true. Or, or, or charities. and yeah, yeah. Bloom's doing good. He actually is doing very good work, but he needs to go out and get a kicker. So. Is he only... He's doing this for basketball too, right? Yeah. And women's so it's basketball football. too. So. What about the swimming team? Well, there's no... What about there's the no soccer value? Team? There's no name, image, and likeness value with the swimming team. If there was, they would get more money. That's how I view it. Like nobody knows who the swimmers are. 
They're getting a scholarship. It's not a bad deal for them. I'm with you. I'm just kidding. The men's golfers, like, I mean, if there's, like, some phenom, maybe. But, you know, like, I don't know who any of those guys are. If they mm-hmm. walk into my room, right, my office, I wouldn't even know. Who are you? Oh, I'm the number one golfer at Iowa State. Oh, really? Okay. I wouldn't have an idea. All right, we got to go. Thanks to Jeez. Fairway. Uh, we were trying sponsoring. to wrap this thing up 25 minutes. Well, yeah, we got into that homeless conversation. It kind of took things off in, a, in another direction. Appreciate you, my friend. Thanks for putting up with all my crap today. Sir, could you please spare a few cents for me? I'm just looking for a meal tonight. Uh, no, I don't have any. You son of a bitch. I hope you die. <laughs> On that note, uh, have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Toodles. Iowa everywhere.